Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded September 26, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, three big things you need to know. First, the stock market tends to experience turbulence heading into extended government shutdowns, but the S&P 500 has already done well beyond half the damage typically seen in those episodes, and rebounds that follow tend to be powerful. Second, we view last week's Fed meeting as a mixed bag for growth stocks, negative short-term, but positive long-term. And third, things that jump out from our high-frequency indicators include continued erosion in investor bullishness, Trump pulling ahead of Biden in the polls, and strong outperformance by utilities this month. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Now the details. Takeaway number one, U.S. equities tend to be turbulent heading into extended government shutdowns, but well beyond half the typical damage has already been done since July. With the possibility of a government shutdown back on investors' radars, we took a close look at the extended shutdowns, or ones that have lasted 10 days or more since the 1970s. We think this is the big risk investors need to worry about. U.S. equity market declines during the dates the government was actually shut down in these episodes have tended to be rather mild, with a median drop of about 2%. And in one instance, the shutdown that occurred in late 1979, the S&P 500 even continued to move up a bit after the shutdown began before dropping sharply. Importantly, when we zoomed out, we also found that the U.S. equity market has usually experienced a decent-sized pullback heading into extended shutdowns, which were, on an average and median basis, about 10%. In recent extended shutdowns, the shutdowns were one of several factors contributing to equity market turbulence, and we think it's fair to assume that the same was probably true in the distant past as well. Fraught politics tend to be a symptom of challenging times generally. The good news for U.S. equity investors today is that at the time of this recording, the S&P 500 had already fallen well beyond 6% from its late July 2023 high. A 10% drop, which would be in line with the average and median pullback heading into an extended shutdown, would take the index a little north of 4,100. The other thing we'd encourage U.S. equity investors to keep in mind as the politics around a potential shutdown evolve is that U.S. equity markets have tended to rebound meaningfully after the pullbacks associated with extended shutdowns, with 12-month forward gains of 18 to 19 percent on an average and median basis. Moving on to takeaway number two, we see last week's Fed meeting as a mixed bag for growth stocks. We've talked a lot recently about how large-cap growth stocks have looked overowned, based on our interpretation of CFTC's weekly data on asset manager positioning and NASDAQ 100 futures. We've also talked a lot about how they've looked overvalued. More specifically, the Russell 1000 Growth Index's PE hit levels relative peak levels relative to value earlier this year, and the correction that's been underway still seems early innings. We've also been highlighting how growth has been losing its dominance relative to value on earnings revision trends, which illustrates how an important tailwind for growth stocks has simply diminished since the first half of the year. Overall, we've thought that growth stocks have been a plain old-fashioned crowded trade in need of a tactical correction. The emphasis on higher for longer in last week's Fed meeting, modestly lowered expectations for 2024 cuts, and the spike in bond yields that's been underway all give growth stocks a new reason to continue their tactical retreat at a time when conditions remain ripe for them to do so. 
All that being said, it also struck us as important last week that while GDP forecasts were revised higher in the Fed's SEP, that the improved view on 2024 only took their forecast to 1.5%, and that the 2025 GDP forecast remained at 1.8. Both stats are below the long-term average for GDP growth since the late 1970s, which is around 2%. And our work has shown that growth stocks tend to outperform value stocks when GDP is running below that 2% threshold. While we continue to expect near-term underperformance in growth stocks, which is a headwind for the stock market broadly in the here and now, we think an opportunity is building for longer-term investors. Wrapping up with takeaway number three, other things that jump out from our high-frequency indicators. First off, and perhaps most importantly, individual investor sentiment has continued to retreat. Net bulls in the weekly AAII survey fell to 3.28% on the four-week average last week. While it's not yet fair to say that pessimism has gotten too extreme, this is an important development since this indicator had been flashing red in early August, when net bullishness was two standard deviations above its long-term average. The unwind in sentiment that's helped explain the weakness in the U.S. equity market since late summer is in the process of playing out, but it simply isn't done yet. The second thing that jumped out, Trump is pulling ahead of Biden in the polls. As investors continue to wonder when equity markets will start to focus on the 2024 election, we found it interesting that data from RealClearPolitics.com shows Trump has pulled slightly ahead of Biden in their poll of polls. One thing that's come up in our conversation about the shutdown this week is that it seems like politics will be difficult for markets to digest and price for the time being. And third, utilities has been the top performing sector within the S&P 500 recently, but we'd stay on the sidelines. Flows to utilities dedicated funds have picked up. Valuations on the sector have improved, but unfortunately still don't look cheap on our model. Earnings and sales revision trends have also been a bit weaker for utilities than other sectors. Overall, we remain market weight the utilities sector within the S&P 500 and prefer healthcare as a defensive alternative. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.